Since iTunes only keeps the last 100 episodes of any show, some of our show topics that seem to help the most people are no longer available when people search on iTunes. So, in an effort to make that information available to more people, from time to time we're going to re-air some of our most popular show topics. You can also go to kickitnaturally.com and search for any topic in our search box. For now, enjoy this show that originally aired in 2014. T.C. Hill is not a doctor and does not claim to be a doctor or licensed in any type of medical field. Don't be an idiot and use anything heard on the show as medical advice. This information should be used for educational purposes only and you should contact your doctor for any medical advice. Now get off me. Welcome to Kick It Naturally. I'm Kenna McEnroe and I'm here with T.C. Hale, author, natural health expert, producer. um, Show rocker outer, 127. Are you kidding me? We've done 127 shows, and we haven't killed each other yet. There was that little wrestling match that we had oh, that yeah. could have gone a wrong direction, but it all worked out fine. Yeah, yeah. And so we'll, maybe we'll do another six or seven, and then we'll call it quick. Oh, good, good. I was I was getting tired of them. Yeah. Um, and we also have Hottie Patati Will Schmidt coming to you from... What's That's, going on? How do you get there, Will? How do you get the... <laughs> I haven't been. I wouldn't know. Oh. All right. He's coming from the Bay Area. I got tongue-tied. Maybe I have gout in my tongue. It's probably it's probably gout. <laughs> yeah. Probably gout tongue. Well, <laughs> if you haven't guessed yet, we're going to be talking about gout. It's the rich man's disease. So right. I guess you just lose all your money and it's gone. And it's fine. That takes care of it. Oh, if good. you go bankrupt, you I'm will not have gonna gout. Have gout. <laughs> right. I'm never going to have yeah, gout. You don't have a problem with it. All right, cool. Um, so if you haven't liked us on Facebook yet, go ahead and like us there. Follow us there at Kick It In The Nuts. That's where we post all of our show topics that we'll be doing in the future. Future and you guys can ask any questions, or you can even give us some uh, show topic ideas, because yeah, if, we need them. If you haven't gone to kickitnaturally.com and clicked on the contact us and just sent us an email to say hi, what... Why? Or shut up. Why haven't I hate you done you. that? Yeah, just something. Go away. Like, yeah. are you are you the guy on the street when you walk by somebody, you just don't look at them? You know, we, we're trying to bring friendly back. We're oh, trying to make it cool. Darn. I'm we want not going to last. It's not going to work out for you? <laughs> but yeah, just send us a line and say hi. Say what's up. Say this is uh what if what if I could fix this? Wouldn't that be cool? And mm-hmm. then we'll be like, yeah, that's pretty jacked up. You should fix that. And then maybe we'll have an idea of, of where you could find information on yeah. on how to fix. My that. sink is broke. I've yeah, got a we leak. got that. We cool. do that. Will does a lot of fashion tips. Uh. I do. Uh-huh. I'm not good at it though. But it's but you're dedicated. You're dedicated to it. Yeah. There's <laughs> on Skype. Oh, he looks nice. a little unibomber today. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, sporting it's, the hoodie. It's nice. Must be cold in the Bay Area. It, it is a little looks chilly. A little like Star Trek to me too. Mm-hmm. Little. Luke. The but that was from Upside Down, so I don't know. Okay. Um, okay. So should we just dive right on in? I think we should introduce a little bit about what this is about because this is one of those things that people hear about a lot, and they hear gout, and they know to say, "Oh, I'm sorry about that," but they don't really know what it is or, or what causes it and all that kind of stuff. So we want to. Uh, just give a little bit of an introduction before we do that. So go ahead and do that, Kenna. Okay. Well, gout makes your feet swell, your knees swell. It's around your. Is it on your joints? It does seem to be very popular. All the cool kids that have gout seem to have it in their okay. feet. Okay. But it can affect other areas. Well, it. You know, my granddad used to get gout all the time, and then he was like, so in so much pain. So that's Did, about all I know about it. And was he rich? Or? Um, he had. He wasn't rich, but he was he doing okay. Stuff, right. He, he had, had like land and things he, like yeah, that. He had yeah, farms. Yeah. yeah so that's that's probably what caused his gout. Yeah. Okay. So what happens is 
there's you hear a lot about purine proteins when you talk about gout and what that is is it's just a chemical compound that's broken down into uric acid and you find a lot of these purine proteins in foods like salmon steak dark chicken anchovies sardines mushrooms booze so oh, uh, no. the yeah. but it doesn't mean that purine proteins are bad we don't want you to think that uh, those are just foods where they they tend to be in a higher concentration or, organ meats stuff like that so we know organ meats aren't bad we tell people to eat organ meats all the time um, so don't look at that like it's a problem uh, we even use especially with people with like a really high uh, breath rate will that are, are kind of fast oxidizers yeah. We we kind of, uh, once we fix their digestion, we help them to kind of gravitate towards some of these foods so that uh, it can kind of be like a slow-burning log on their fire. They're not ripping through their food so quickly. Do you want to explain why, why that can be beneficial before we get into the problems of purine proteins? Yeah, and it, it goes back to the work of one of the, the great doctors, research scientists that um, we gained a lot of insight around metabolic typing from, Dr. George Watson, who helped us understand the difference between people who have a tendency to be what he called, uh, well, what we call fast oxidizers. He had a fancier word for it. But fast oxidizers or slow oxidizers, or sometimes in your book, you'll call it, you'll call it carb burners or fat burners. And when there's an imbalance either way, when you're, when you're burning through sugar too quickly or not quickly enough, there can be problems with running out of access, either access to the sugar or uh, supply of the sugar that your cells are trying to run on. And when that happens, brain function diminishes really quickly, mood goes all over the place, regular like muscle function and energy levels get all crazy and you literally can go crazy like psychiatric episodes and such yeah for real like locked up kind of stuff yeah like real psychosis and that's actually how dr watson found this originally was he was he was working with people researching this uh impacts of different nutrients on the sense of smell and found that there were these different these groups of nutrients that would either really really help uh, a person that was in a psychological um, stress state and it would help balance them or an opposite set of nutrients would really mess them up. And then over lots and lots of experiments and research and analysis, he figured out that there was a set of nutrients that could help speed glycolysis and the, or, and the use of glucose for energy. And there was a set of nutrients that could slow it down. And the people that were uh, had this inclination towards being these fast oxidizers who were very much benefited by the nutrients that's, that helped slow their rate of respiration as well as um, gave them more, like you said, slow-burning fuel, fuel sources for, yeah, yeah, for them to run on. And the people that were in the opposite boat, like let's think of like maybe like a diabetic who's burning through carbs very, very slowly if at all, they needed the the opposite set of nutrients really helped them the stuff that helps speed up their their cellular respiration rates um, so that's where we get this uh, we got a lot of our understanding was from Dr. George Watson and people that have further refined metabolic typing as a, a whole diet practice some people base their entire coaching practice around that distinction right and it's interesting that he did so much work with all the psychiatric people and people with the mental and emotional issues and it's interesting that I started doing research on that type of work uh, about the time that Kenna started to work with me. Mm-hmm. Oh, 
Yeah. It's interesting. Didn't work right? on me, did yeah, it? Yeah, interesting. So, so it, and what we'll do is the people that are ripping through their food too quickly and their, their brain doesn't, is not left with enough fuel to function and they kind of go nuts or have emotional issues or literally become schizophrenic and stuff like that. Um, what we do is when they're ripping through it too quickly, we use a lot of these high purine foods because they're harder to break down. They take longer to break down. And so that lets them have fuel longer, kind of like that slow burning log that we were talking about. So these types of foods can be very beneficial in some situations. Now, what happens is just like in salt, there's this thing in science they call salting out where if you add salt to water, you can stir it in there and it'll kind of mix and the salt will mix with solution and it becomes salt water. It's like magic. It was just water and you put salt in it and now it's salt water. And it became salt water. Wow. Do you want me to do any other tricks? Uh, <laughs> yeah. What's going to happen with oil and I don't water? know. I'm not going to get that complicated. But what happens is when you add enough salt, eventually the salt will fall out of solution and it'll fall to the bottom of the thing and that's called salting out. So basically that's what happens is when these purine proteins are, are broken down, uh, we create this uric acid. And it's not that this uric acid is a bad thing. It's one of the body's primary antioxidants. But when it becomes too abundant in the system, it will basically salt out, so to speak, and the uric acid will kind of turn into, it'll crystallize and it'll get dropped into like joints. And it's like, you know, the little crystals and going into your joints. It's like, hey, let's stick some knives Ooh. or why don't we sleep on a bed of nails or something Ooh. like that? Like it goes into your joints and, and that's what it can feel like. You swell up and stuff. Your well, you're swelling so. up from the inflammation that's caused by, hey, I'm being stabbed in all of my foot bone joint Ugh. connective tissue areas kind of thing. Um, so it's not... Uh, it's kind of like the um, it's an antioxidant that can be beneficial, but at a, a larger amount, all of a sudden it creates oxidation and inflammation and yeah. all kinds of problems. So that's kind of what that's the root of the problem with gout. So the common wisdom or lack of wisdom that we might say is that if this person uric acid levels are too high, Let's remove all the foods that have uric acid levels. So what you need to do is you need to become a vegetarian and not eat any meat since meat has higher uric acid levels than um, soy and a bucket of broccoli. Mm. So that's what they kind of tell people to do is, is to lower your uh, purine protein intake. And it works about as well as lowering your cholesterol intake when you're trying to lower your blood cholesterol levels. Uh, mm -hmm. Do you want to talk a little bit about that fiction and maybe we can help uh, explain how it's similar to the cholesterol myth that's going on? Sure. And we had a whole episode on that just about Well, we had 127 episodes, Will. Yeah, we, we had to have talked covered about everything. Something. So, so in that episode... We haven't episode, talked about Will's love life in any of the episodes. That would be a long episode, yeah. Will. Oh, not lately. Oh. <laughs> Ladies, all, see, all, now you have a reason to write in. Now you have a reason to go to yeah, Kick It Naturally hello. and say hi. It's all school and work these days. But yeah, with cholesterol, we find that your dietary consumption of high density lipids like the good cholesterol is is great it's totally helpful and it supports your endocrine function and all sorts of like um, other hormones in your system to be healthy and also like all of the membranes in your cells need that kind of cholesterol to help regulate their permeability but the bad cholesterol is not i mean it's not really bad it's a functional 
molecule that your body makes in response to elevated glucose and insulin levels. So we find your body makes it. It's, it's not from the, the food that you eat. It's from your own synthesis of that type of cholesterol that's responding to oxidative damage caused by usually elevated glucose and insulin levels. So when, your body, when you're eating either too many carbs or you're not good at burning them anymore, those will cause all sorts of free radical damage in your circulatory system. So your body will then make a lot of these low-density lipids to help buffer against that damage. And so we find like restricting your consumption of cholesterol doesn't help at all. It actually can hurt things if you're not getting enough of that good kind of cholesterol. And it doesn't do anything about your body's uh, own synthesis of that. That has a lot more to do with your own blood sugar stability and your ability to like properly utilize carbohydrates for fuel. Right. So it's a good comparison to make because uh, a lot of people try to lower their cholesterol intake. And when they do that, they haven't lowered the body's need for cholesterol, the, the cholesterol that the body's using to deal with all of these inflammation from high insulin and other problems. So the body just makes more and they're like, oh, well, I haven't had any cholesterol at all, but I, it's still going up. What's the problem? Um, so this issue with the uric acid uh, is, is a similar situation. Hyperuricemia is what they call it. And uh, actually about a third of our uric acid load comes from our food, but two-thirds of it is, is coming from the body. So that's kind of what we're going to do in this show is we're going to talk about a lot of the different reasons that your uh, uric acid load might be too heavy. And we're not going to tell you not to eat steak or meat because that might upset you and it's going to be pointless and not help anyways. But interestingly enough, a lot of the people listening to this show for the first time, maybe you found it because you searched for gout, um, you likely might uh, be dealing with high cholesterol levels uh, as well. So you might want to go and listen to our episode on cholesterol. You just go to kickitnaturally.com and... uh, search for cholesterol in the search box and you'll you'll find the episode. But let's start digging into some questions and oh, we're going to I thought we'd already done questions. It seemed like we'd already <laughs> It seems like we've done yeah. three or four more shows. Yeah. Maybe we, we haven't really done 127 shows. Maybe it just seems like that. I think so. Cuz they go so long and we never shut up. Yeah, yes. Uh, and first off, today all of our listeners can get a free audiobook from audible.com. Just go to kickitinthenuts.com forward slash audiobook for the details. So all of our listeners, that's three people that yeah. can get a free book today. Wow, we are. Unbelievable. Wow. Laura, Los Angeles. Mine always seems to flare up after a few cocktails. Anything to that? Or is it just coincidence? I don't know. I'm hoping it's a coincidence, but Kendall's he said rooting for coincidence. Come on, ago. coincidence. So let's look at one simple thing. Is like, like in beer, there's a, a kind of a high level of purines a lot. And then, so, someone, is there a lot in Purina Puppy Chow? Yeah, it's a lower. Okay. You would think that that would be higher, but yeah, weird, right? Yeah. I think it's false advertisement. I think we just made up a lot of stuff, but we are not sponsored by Purina. No, we are not. So it's okay. Um, <laughs> but what happens is what they have found, what they've kind of known this for a long time. It was the 1960s when they first linked hyperuricemia to glucose intolerance and high triglycerides and, and then later figured out that it was connected with high insulin levels and insulin resistance. And we know that in most cases when triglycerides are high, it's, it's caused by high insulin and high blood sugar that's creating that insulin to go high. Right, Will Schmidt? Yeah, and there's a really important connection between ammonia and between what you're saying, insulin resistance, 
the generation of ammonia and the, the rise of uric acid levels, they're kind of directly connected. And I don't think they're usually talked about with gout. So one of the things the body does when it's the way uh, when you break down proteins, you create ammonia and then your body gets rid of that ammonia by turning it into urea. And when you have, like you said, too much urea, it can salt out and cause this gout problem, right? So we want to look at like what, how is that connected to blood uh, insulin resistance? Well, when your body isn't able to use glucose and carbohydrates for energy, it will turn towards fats and proteins. And you'll see like a lot of times when we look at people's chemistry, we'll see really high ammonia levels in diabetics because they're breaking down their own proteins, trying to make energy from those things. When you say breaking down their own proteins, do you mean their own tissues? or Yeah. Okay. Yes, yes. So their, their cells are asking for more glucose because they're not able to effectively use the glucose that's around. So they keep sending out signals to, hey, liver, break down more protein. Give me, give me glucose. I'm starving. Even though there's a bunch of glucose floating around, they're not able to use it, so they keep asking for more. So we'll see a lot of eleva- very high ammonia levels like in people's saliva when they're in this like insulin resistance, poor carbohydrate metabolism state. And then with that, there's all this ammonia building up, and the body that goes to get rid of ammonia by turning it into urea and then trying to pee that out. But if you have super, super high amounts of ammonia, the, the liver and the kidney will have a hard time keeping up with that excretion, uh, you know, keeping pace with that. So we'll see um, uric acid buildups. So we want to look at, like, all right, what can we do to improve our carbohydrate metabolism so that we don't create so much ammonia that's overwhelming the kidneys and the liver? And what can we do to optimize our kidney and liver function? So we do a lot of that stuff with like beet flow and other things to help the liver function stay on point. Um, but really working on our, our cell metabolism and getting it so that we don't create so much ammonia in the first place is pretty essential to addressing this issue. Right. So there's a lot of evidence that points to that insulin resistance contributes to hyperuricemia, but there's also a lot of evidence that, that points to the fact that hyperuricemia can induce insulin resistance. So it looks like it can go kind of both ways as far as chicken or the egg, what caused what, do we ever know? It could yeah. be different from every person, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Skinner thinks that we're all snowflakes. Mm-hmm. I do, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But this, so that's a, that's a really big piece of information. Um, but uh, an important factor to look at before we get to the alcohol part is the unique contribution that fructose makes to the hyperuricemia problem. Because just like purines, fructose increases the production of uric acid, but it does something else that the, the purine proteins don't, and that's that it reduces the excretion of the uric acid. So it's not always about the load of uric acid that you're bringing in or that your body is even creating. A lot of times it has to do with your body's ability to get rid of it because uh, we'll talk in a minute about how meat can affect uric acid excretion, but uh, what we look at is that fructose accelerates the breakdown of ATP. And uh, if you haven't heard another episode, uh, ATP is super important as far as an energy source for cellular reactions. Will starts to talk about how it's uh, crucial for cellular respiration. And then 45 minutes later, you understand that, damn, that was really important because without that, everything in my body just broke off. Do you, do you want to do you want to understand that how important that is for that? 
what ATP? Yeah, with the ATP, how that's a crucial thing. Without it, you're dead. You're totally dead. (laughs) Seriously dead. That was the best sum up I've ever heard Will Will Fink Schmidt do. You're just done. Like, it's, people talk about it as like cellular currency. You have to, you have to really get into understanding like, um, at least, at least a basic general chemistry and biology course to really understand like how it does its actions. But basically, it's a product of cellular respiration, like when your cells make um, or processing glucose and proteins and fats, they will make ATP, which it can use uh, for all sorts of different functions because of its the charge that it has with its phosphate groups. And um, I don't want to get deeper into that. You can look up ATP if you want, but just know that if your cells aren't doing a good job of processing the food that you eat and, and turn it into energy, then they can be deplete of ATP and that can really, really mess up everything. If you're a health, fitness, or nutrition professional, check out our other podcast, Six Figure Health Pro. We dig into the latest marketing techniques and business growing strategies for health professionals. To learn how to take your business to the next level, search for Six Figure Health Pro on iTunes or Stitcher, or go to sixfigurehealthpro.com to learn more. Now do what you're told. Okay, so here's the thing. So Will does talk about that a lot. A lot of times uh, we'll talk about on the show like people who are insulin resistant and can't properly process glucose. If they use a little fructose, uh, the body has the ability to uh, create more ATP at the cellular level because the fructose is processed differently than the glucose would be. But here's where this is important for this conversation is that ATP is loaded with purines. ATP stands for uh, adenosine triphosphate. And adenosine is a form of adenine, and adenine is a purine. So when we look at fructose uh, accelerating ATP, um, the breakdown of ATP, uh, and ATP is loaded with purines, you can see that there'd be a problem with a lot of high fructose situations. Now, one thing to understand is that the fructose that is in fruit is nothing like the fructose that's in high fructose corn syrup. And high fructose corn syrup is in like the chair you're sitting on. It's in like everything, <laughs> like everything that we eat just about. If you buy it from a store, they snuck some kind of high fructose corn syrup in there and, you know, all soda and but all this kind of stuff. Have you seen those commercials that it's not that bad? Oh, I haven't seen those. Oh, yeah. There's a whole thing that it's not that bad. So if you're eating anything that's processed at all, you know, like anything from any of the middle aisles of the grocery store, uh, then it's pretty much going to be loaded with high fructose corn syrup. If you had, if you drank soda ever, you were having like you know ten thousand pieces of fruit when you eat all this garbage that has this very concentrated form of fructose that acts very differently than a piece of fruit that you might eat. So don't view fruit as a a form of fructose that's going to give you gout. Now I, I think in some situations. In the, in the same way, if somebody was already completely broken, um, like we know that when someone is uh, very insulin resistant, um, well, let's take a step back. You know, like in, in our fat loss book, we talk a lot about how reducing carb intake can uh, allow your body to access stored fat. It brings insulin down so you can access stored fat and burn it for fuel. Um, but that doesn't mean that everyone should cut out all carbs. That's not what we say. But if someone is diabetic and their fasting blood sugar is 240, uh, we don't want them having a lot of the medium carbs that we would tell someone with low blood pressure to 
keep consuming consistently to keep themselves functioning correctly. So in the same respect that um, we wouldn't say that you you don't eat fruits, you're going to have gout, but if somebody is completely broken and their uric acid levels are completely through the roof, then they might need to stick with fruits with, uh, you know, lower fructose level fruits and not be scarfing down, you know, things like bananas and things that are a little more starchy and and sugary type of stuff. But so the main point there is not to get freaked out and run away uh, from all fruit if you're dealing with gout. But if you look at the situation of the fact that if fructose uh, is increasing the uric acid levels, and it's also restricting your ability to excrete uric acid levels, you could see how a type of fructose, which is basically just a magnified type of fructose, that it's like on steroids. It's like fructose on steroids times 10,000, so to speak. You could see how something like that over time could really break somebody where they're not really functioning as well. And I think that is what hap- has what has happened to so many of us over the years as we were eating all this garbage and they were telling us to, you know, eat a low-fat diet. And, when, and as you eat a low-fat diet, you gravitate towards all of these processed carbohydrates that are filled with all of these not only sugars that are creating insulin resistance, but all this high-fructose corn syrup that could be not only raising uric acid levels but reducing our ability to excrete them as well. So Mm -hmm. that's one thing when we look at the fructose, but that's important because alcohol apparently raises uric acid levels uh, through pretty much the same mechanism. You know, even though beer has purines in it, I don't think that's the main problem as much as uh, its ability to raise uric acid levels and restrict the excretion of the uric acid levels. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about all that, Will Schmidt? Yeah, I mean, it's... It's similar to like what we've said elsewhere, for example, like when someone's had a gallbladder removed and they, we know that bile is necessary to pro- like emulsify fats, it's hard for them to eat a substantial quantity of fat and process it effectively. So anything that they are not able to break down is going to end up occurring as a problem. And in this case, we can look at it like, in the case of fructose, when it's more sugar than your cells are capable of processing, it's going to be a problem. And the more that our cell metabolism is impaired, the less we can really utilize sugar. And then if you're going to go ahead and drink super concentrated like quantities of fructose and you're already not that good at using sugar in general for fuel, it's going to build up and occur to the body as a toxin rather than a fuel and we'll get all these undesirable byproducts that we can't keep up with. Uh, the removal the, of. Yeah, exactly. You know, well, we've also talked on other shows before how when we've talked about how, you know, maybe people that are insulin resistant could benefit from introducing some fructose since uh, it was kind of processed through the liver differently than glucose was. But how if someone had some real liver damage, then maybe they might not be as effective at at making that function work correctly. Mm -hmm. So in this situation, when we're looking at gout and someone was consuming all this high fructose corn syrup and sugars and all this kind of stuff, if they had liver issues as well, do you feel like that could magnify the situation? 
Absolutely. Liver and kidney both because they both play a role in helping excrete urea and, and recycle ammonia. So like like with protein and with fats, like the key with this is like start at digestion, you know, helping our filter organs do their job of and digestion. I mean, I guess, you know, you can get into semantics of what part is digestion versus excretion and recycling of metabolic waste products. But they all all the organs kind of help work together, especially the liver in breaking down foods and recycling the metabolic waste products of our energy production processes. So we want to focus on supporting those filter organs doing their job. And that is a fundamental thing of like, even if you're eating a really healthy diet, if those organs are functioning at a really, really suboptimal level, you're going to have these kind of problems where you're not, you're not like recycling these waste products or excreting them at a sufficient rate to stay healthy. So that brings us all back to like our digestive issues course. Like when you focus on doing, getting that, uh, those primary aspects of your digestion and your internal organs working well, then these sort of problems can be handled a lot more effectively. Right. And, you know, when you're talking about that, I also came across some people that were saying, you know, that, that uh, you know, a high level of fructose can lead to the production of lactic acid. And, and we've talked about that, which in turn can reduce the excretion of the uric acid by the kidney because it's kind of competing with all this stuff that it's trying to remove. And it got me to thinking, I wonder if someone who's in an extreme anabolic imbalanced state who's creating all this lactic acid through fermentation might have a harder time excreting uric acid just because they have this lactic acid load. Absolutely. And that's very similar to what I was saying with like when the cells aren't able to use glucose effectively and they, they end up breaking down a lot more proteins and creating a lot more ammonia, the same thing can happen when there's anaerobic fermentation that creates this this other sort of like lactic acid through fermentation, which can happen in the gut directly by the bacteria. And it can also happen in your own cells when there's not sufficient oxygen reaching the tissues. Um, so both of those things can make a further or can increase the metabolic uh, waste that your cells and that your organs then have to recycle. So anything that we can do to help lower the amount of ammonia that we're producing by just helping ourselves make energy in a clean, healthy way through proper cellular respiration, that's going to help. And um, other things that we can do to, to facilitate that regular cellular respiration so they don't make excess lactic acid and so that the lactic acid that they do make gets recycled faster, all those things are going to help reduce the uric acid buildup in the system. Right. And so, you know, let's dig in a little deeper into what you were just talking about, about, uh, you know, the ability to excrete things that need to be excreted. And, you know, think about it. If you're carrying, you know, your groceries to the car, how many bags can you carry? You know, you're not you might have to make four or five trips and maybe you're already tired from working all day and you forget a bag in the store or something. You know, the body, depending on the, the burden that it has to deal with, um, it can only do so much at once. So when we look at people, uh, because, you know, gout seems to go hand in hand with hypertension. You know, you see mm -hmm. a lot of people with high blood pressure and high blood sugar and they're dealing with gout. And we've talked a lot about how the high sugar levels and insulin resistance can increase the uric acid levels. But 
what about just the filth? I mean, if somebody can't uh, remove filth from their body, you know, the kidneys are overwhelmed and they can't excrete enough stuff, mm-hmm. uh, filth is going to build up, and that's just another thing that has to compete to be excreted by the body, which could result in uric acid levels mm-hmm. increasing. Can you, Will, explain real quick, uh, just like when we talk about improving digestion, maybe for somebody who's never heard our show, why uh, bile flow would be important for helping the body remove filth and lowering high blood pressure? Yeah. So bile in a couple of different ways. Um, bile is made up of a few different things, bile salts and bile pigments. And the pigments come from your own cells that break down, especially your blood cells. A lot of like the heme groups from your blood cells, which are all the time naturally degrading and breaking down. Like that's a normal, healthy thing for your blood to get cycled out. And those De- that debris goes into the bile and it gives it the the bile its color and that should be getting excreted through the rear end <laughs> like the butt uh, the, butt. the butt yeah regularly like all the time like, do you remember that time when kenna had stuff coming out of her butt like not yeah. it was like diarrhea me up, a lot we, we should talk about that more we don't yeah. talk about kenna's old diarrhea enough i think yeah mm-hmm. right so that should be going out and people are may or may not be familiar with when that's not happening correctly people become jaundice like their eyes and skin can get yellow because it's backed up and it's not leaving the mm-hmm. body and then that is coming from that like cellular debris and and the bile pigments not getting excreted. So we want to help, and that can also build up in the blood. And so you'll see sometimes bilirubin or urobilogen in the urine. And when when it's in the urine, you know it's in the blood also. And we talk a lot in our uh, almost free four-week digestion course how you can get these 11-parameter urine dipstick uh, to test your urine. You can get them like on Amazon for 40 bucks or something like that for a whole can of them. And you kind of just pee in a cup and stick it in there, and it can show you some of these things, like is urobilogen or bilirubin in your urine, and that can give you some really good indications of if are you having a bile flow issue, and is your body having a hard time removing the stuff that it should be removing. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a very very helpful marker. Another helpful marker on those same dipsticks is your specific gravity. So when if say. Say your kidneys are doing a decent job of filtering, but you just have so much waste going on that you you have all this extra, like you said, filth or debris and metabolites in your bloodstream. You may like when you pee and you check your with this urine dipstick, you may see you have a super high urine specific gravity, and I'll see that a lot also in diabetics or slow oxidizers that have really high ammonia levels. They'll have very very like off off the chart high urine specific gravity and that is like that it's all sediment like in your urine and it also reflects like a lot of sediment in your blood so that can be contributory to this salting out effect of uric acid and and that is the root of gout right so if you can help your body just get rid of the normal filth that it's supposed to get rid of anyways then maybe you don't have to change what you're eating or or it just improve your body's ability to excrete the uric acid that's coming in. But before we move on from this, uh, I just want to make sure, and Will would probably want to uh, clarify this too, then when we were talking about these high levels of fructose from all these processed foods that can cause craziness with the ATP, that doesn't mean that you don't that you want to stop making ATP. Remember, that's the part where you just don't function anymore, right, Will? Yeah. Yeah, what we really want to focus on is supporting 
the because you're you're going to make lactic acid every time your muscle flexes like that's not you're not going to avoid that like that is part of just how cells work and make energy you want to support the cell's ability to effectively recycle those things like lactic acid and eliminate the waste products like uric acid so we want to and also reduce the um the occurrence of undesirable metabolites like we don't produce as much ammonia when our cells are properly using glucose for energy. So if there's a problem with our cells using glucose for energy, we're going to make more ammonia. So if we fix that problem with that glucose utilization, we will end up making less ammonia and that will end up making less urea because we convert ammonia into urea. So I don't know if that... No, that was good. The the point I wanted to clarify is that, you know, all these things that Will is saying don't don't hear something and go, oh man, I want to. I don't want to make any ATP, or I don't want uric acid, or I don't want ammonia at all. All of these things happen in the body for a reason, and and they happen uh, and they help the body if they are done in a balanced state. It's it's when we um, jack up the levels of these like crazy fructose levels where things go awry, or maybe we're stuck in this imbalance where our body is creating energy through fermentation all the time. It's not supposed to do that all the time and create such a high level of lactic acid. So, you know, creating lactic acid in the body, like Will is saying, is going to happen. You don't want to stop that. You just don't want to be the person who's doing it nonstop. Yeah, I mean, and one one thing that kind of like, like you said, we, we definitely, you need ATP or you're dead, right? You don't, you don't want to avoid making ATP. <laughs> one of the things that is also a byproduct of our cells making ATP is carbon dioxide. We create carbon dioxide as we as we perform the cellular respiration process, which is why we breathe in oxygen and breathe out CO2. Where did that CO2 come from? It came from our breaking down glucose in cellular respiration. And incidentally, or incidentally, <laughs> when uh, when we make ammonia, one of the ways that we are one of the molecules that we use in recycling it is carbon dioxide. And it plays a critical role. People think of carbon dioxide sometimes as like, oh, it's a toxin. But no, it's an absolutely critical molecule for lots of different things, including the production of our own hydrochloric acid, the uh, circulation of oxygen from the blood to the tissue. It's it's very critical. But it's also balancing of the pH of the blood, all that stuff. Yeah, no, it's super critical. And part of it. Uh, the carbon dioxide also plays a role in the in the recycling of ammonia. So when we're deficient in carbon dioxide, if we're like not making a sufficient amount of ATP because we're not performing cellular respiration well, then we can be we can be low in carbon dioxide levels. And we'll see that with people that have very slow breath rates. They're not making enough carbon dioxide. And that can also be a vicious cycle where it contributes further to like the buildup of ammonia and that contributes further to the buildup of urea, which contributes to gout. So it comes back to like we really want to support our production of ATP because that's what we use to do all our different cellular functions, including the whole like excretory process of eliminating urea and the function of our liver. Like it needs ATP to do that. Right, good. So let's cover one more question, and then we're going to have to get into some kind of case study things with this gout stuff and look at some uh, other factors in the next week's show. Okay. If you'd like to learn how to become a health coach or even just dig into more advanced teachings for yourself or your family, go to healthprocourse.com to learn about Tony and Will's course for coaches. Registration for this course only opens to the public for about a week at a time, so be sure to register for the coach newsletter so you'll be notified when the next registration opens. You'll find more info at healthprocourse.com. 
Okay, second question. Yeah, second? Yeah. Wow. Christopher. We did some blabbing. Beer, beans, or walking on gravel, sand, uneven ground, triggers. Yeah, so we did talk about beer. You know, that makes sense. Uh, beans, uh, you know, could be viewed as a more starchy, carby food. I don't know of another reason that beans would do it. Do you, Will? I, I, I would say so, yeah. So, like, we were talking about lactic acid, and we uh. have, you know, different uh, microorganisms in our gut that ferment foods right. that we can't break down well. Those can increase our lactic acid levels in our blood. So those waste products don't just leave you like they get then and they don't just make you gassy. Like those gases also permeate into your bloodstream and interfect and interact with your cells. And especially those kind of ferments can really impair our cells' ability to make energy. And that again can imp- like increase the amount of ammonia we produce, and that turns into urea, and that can contribute to gout. That was a good one. Um, yeah, and as far as like you know, gravel on uneven ground that. That's a situation where you're in a fragile state where there's all of these uh, crystallized little, you know, knives and such in your feet or wherever this is going on. And so, uh, you know, a a crazy movement or something can kind of move those things around. And uh, that was something from Skype. Did you think that we were underwater in a submarine? I didn't know. Yeah. Um, Skype makes that noise. But so if you can improve the situation, then you can go and run around on some gravel. You're going to be so excited to run on gravel uh, mm. as to where before it was this it was this nightmare. Yay, potholes and cleachy right. ground. Good Yay. job. Okay, you might so, even be able to do hot coals and some broken glass. Right, yeah. Tony know? Robbins it up one time. Nice. Uh, do we have time for one more? No. Oh, okay. But uh, next week... We got we go 20,000 questions. We have 20,000 questions, and we're going to kind of look at a couple of kind of case studies where people ran, wrote in and kind of talked about some of their specific situations, and we'll help understand how those contribute. We're going to talk about uh, some self-test numbers to look at if you're dealing with gout to see what might be causing the problem for you and stuff like that. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, I'm going to have to crack the whip, though, to keep you guys from talking so much. Good luck. Shoot. All right, see you next week, Will. See ya. If you want to learn more about how to look at your own chemistry, you can read any of Tony's books or take the almost free four-week digestion course at kickitnaturally.com. Or head on over to Will Schmidt's MyBodyOfKnowledge.net. Uh, you'll find some great exercises, some pain relief, relief videos, um, blogs, all kinds of wonderful articles about <coughs> all kinds of health stuff. And he's featuring winter sweaters this week. Nice. Mm-hmm. Hoodies mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. winter sweaters. Mm-hmm. And ladies, <laughs> he doesn't have anyone special right now. <laughs> Hello. <Hey>. Nice. <laughs> See you next week. Loads of emails coming in now. Right. <laughs>